Hello and welcome to the Muni Oral History Project, where we explore the stories and rich history of the Springfield Municipal Opera over the past 60 years. Stories from the people who have built, experienced, and performed what we'd like to refer to as Muni Magic. Sit back and relax and listen to these tales of Broadway under the stars. Well, this is Jacob Potty here with the Muni Story Oral History Project, and I am very excited to have Mary Madiri Davis with me tonight. How are you doing, Mary? I'm doing great, Jacob. How are you? I am great. Mary hasn't done anything with Muni for a while, but she um, has was a performer in a number of shows. She's choreographed, um, been assistant director, and done some other stuff, too, on the production side of things. But let's just get down to it, Mary. What was your first Muni experience, even if it was just as an audience member? Well, my first Muni experience, and I had to go back and look this up, but it was in 1972, I saw The Most Happy Fellow. And I fell in love with the show and it was just a dream to one day be able to have a chance to be on stage, to be a part of that Muni uh, magic. Yeah. So then um, what, when was the first time you auditioned then? So the first time I auditioned was um, the summer after I graduated from high school. So I'll, you know, age myself. It was uh, 1976. And I had no idea what the mini audition process was. I don't even know if they did the workshops back then. But I walked into the Holiday Inn East into that cattle call that I'm sure other people have told you about. And, you know, I'm dressed in my little mini dress and you know I'm right out of high school and and ready to to audition and I I walk in and I'm just like shocked and blown away I so I left I left um came back the next weekend and sang my little song and sadly did not get cast and so I I was working at Myers Brothers at the time and a woman by the name of June Brown who was uh, the buyer for makeup at Myers Brothers, but she also was in charge of all of the makeup out at Muni. And so she asked me to help her with makeup. So that summer I worked on the makeup crew for all of the shows that summer. Um, I know it was 1776 and Mame and Fiddler on the Roof, but I don't remember the fourth show. So that was my first, the summer of 76 was my first show out, season out at Muni. So I was bound and determined I was going to be on stage the next year. So I, I got myself a voice teacher, Shirley Thomas, who was just this phenomenal singer, actress, and she gave private voice lessons. And Shirley's work paid off because the next summer I was cast uh, as Penelope Ann in Bye Bye Birdie. And that was the beginning of uh, my Muni career. Yeah. So what was that, the year you got cast, what was that audition like? Were you more, were you intimidated with all the it's people still, watching? Yes, I'm very much so. I, I My dance is my background. And so singing has never been my comfort zone. Uh, so it, And you would walk in there 
and there would be this, you know, this table of the production staff or the directorial staff. And then there's, you know, like a couple hundred people sitting there and it's nerve wracking. It's extremely nerve wracking. But after a summer of working production crew and being backstage, I'd gotten to know so many of those people that it, although it was nerve wracking, all you had to do was look out there and somebody would smile at you. So that, you know, that's all you needed was somebody to smile at you. And uh, so it wasn't quite as bad, but no, I, I hate auditions. I just hate them as a director, as well as an actor. I hate auditions. Yeah. So what were, let's just stay with performing for right now. We'll go to the other stuff later, but what are some of your favorite roles but if you want to handle this chronologically, just name a few of the shows that stick out, however you want to tackle that. Well, I was involved with Muni for over 20 years from, you know, the middle 70s to almost the late 90s. And, I, you know, honestly, Jacob, I don't even remember a lot of the shows I was in, but, um, you know, that was a, a blast to work with Gary Sorensen and um, Pete Samuel and uh, oh, Chris, oh, I can't remember. I can't remember all of the names. It was just a wonderful experience. Linda Schneider and I became really, really good friends at that time. So that, you know, that, that always will stand out as a special, special memory. I probably, if I have, it's hard to think in terms of when you think about your favorite show. Because some of your favorite shows and your favorite roles weren't necessarily the best productions that Muni's ever done. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if anyone has talked to you yet about Steve Slack, um, who was just, oh, my God, I can't believe it. He was a notorious reviewer. He took over for Maggie Boswell as the reviewer for the arts in, in Springfield. So he worked for the, Herald, the, the Journal Register. And he could just be brutal. So I was in a couple of shows that were the most enjoyable shows, but he was just vicious in his reviews of them. And one of them would be the pajama game. And um, all I can say about the pajama game is I know, I think it was the summer of 79. I think it was the summer, either the summer of 79 or the summer of 80. And um, oh, Larry Blankenship was the director. This show had a phenomenal cast. It was one of the first shows. Mary Von Liske had the lead. Uh, Barry Weiss, it was one of his, I think it might have been Barry Weiss's first show, Aaron Biggerstaff's first show. The, um, it was, uh, this, this cast was just unbelievable. And the show was, it was not a commercial success. Steve Slack actually critiqued us as saying that we were, we looked like ants in a feeding frenzy dancing across the stage. I don't think Marge was very happy with that, uh, but it was such a fun show getting, you know, meeting some friends. Um, it, 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 there's some mishaps that happened, but I know you've got that as a later question. Yeah. That was, that was a really enjoyable show. The first time I had a, I guess you could say kind of a supporting lead role would have been in the desert song. And I played Azuri, who was um, kind of an evil vixen type of a character opposite Mike Dudley. Doug Hahn was in that show and it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful show, kind of, um, you know, the 
the Arabian kind of a themed show with the costumes and stuff. So it was a gorgeous show. The um, probably the one of my, my, I have two though, very favorite roles. One would be to be, have been Lola in damn Yankees and got to play opposite uh, Mick Cass Stevens in that role. And uh, that was just, it was just an unbelievable experience. And then probably, you know, I loved being a stripper in um, in Gypsy. That was a, a really different role for me. And my other favorite role would be to have played Mrs. Medlock in The Secret Garden with Lee. And um, that was the last show I did at Muni. That was, I think, 97, late in the mid to late 90s. So there's a lot of shows in between. I, I mean, so many I can't. I truly cannot remember them all because some summers I'd be doing two shows a summer. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go to the staff or production side of things. What shows did you choreograph? The only show I choreographed was South Pacific. And I, I never choreographed again because I just had a vicious, I had a vicious review from Steve Slack and uh, it just, I just, I, I did not ever want to set myself up. And the weird thing was, is I remember him saying he loved Joe Sandoval was this phenomenal dancer and he loved, he comments in his review about what a wonderful dancer Joe Sandoval is, how he loves seeing him on stage. But then he says, my choreography is dull. So it's like, you yeah. know, you cannot separate the dancer from the dance, but he did. And so, you know, I did staging stuff, but I never did. I never took on um, out at Muni. But uh, my job for the last over 40 years is have been a drama teacher and I direct and choreograph. So I had my fill. When it came to the summer, I just wanted somebody else to tell me what to do. Yeah. yeah. So what else have you done at Muni besides direct or, I mean, not um, performed in or choreographed that one show? What else have you done? I was Lee Crane's assistant. Well, I'm sorry, Lee Steiner, Lee's assistant director for Camelot, which was, a, and there are no words to describe what a beautiful experience it was to be able, I, I had been in two shows with Lee prior to that at the Theater Guild. And then she asked me to be her assistant director and, and to be on that side and to witness and work with Lee was, um, it was a wonderful Wonderful experience. And I have to say that although I, my degree is in theater and that is what I have taught for 40 years, I learned so much from working with Lee on being um, a director and organization and creativity and collaboration with your staff and your cast that uh, that was a life-changing experience for me to, to have done that. And then I, I did, I started having babies would be part of the issue. And um, so I did some production with Lee for Into the Woods to have been a part of that. I was supposed to be um, I was supposed to be Russ Dunlap's assistant director for Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, but it was an August show and I had a baby due in August. So babies kind of started getting in the way with some of that. And then I just helped wherever needed. You needed help painting. I, I was not great, but you know I'd be there. Yeah. So 
what are some of your favorite memories from any of the shows you were in, or even just memories from out in the audience attending a show? Just anything that comes to mind. Um, well, I think my favorite, um, some of my favorite memories would have been when we did Secret Garden. And that was uh, Lee and uh, Dave Shaw, and who is, you know, they're two just of the most creative artistic people. You could, if they're a dream to work with. And Dave had um, created this set for Secret Garden that I, mean, I just, I get here, it's just really, I'm getting choked up thinking about this is gorgeous set. And the, you, when you walked into the, theater, into the theater, you know, you're coming in at the top of the hill and Dave had these eyes and, you know, the song Lily's Eyes. So it was this um, huge going across the proscenium of Lily's eyes. And then the scrims that they had designed for the, um, you know, the, there's dead people. I can't remember what they were called, but they were like, you know, the ghosts kind of that came back and sang. And then he incorporated our faces into, I'm, I'm, you can see I'm wiping tears from my eyes, Jacob. He incorporated faces and pieces of our face into the set. But Dave would do it like nightly and even during performance. And so you couldn't wait to get out there and see what is, where, what's he done the, tonight. And it was one of those shows that when it was over, nobody wanted to leave. And I remember we were all taking, trying to take pieces of the set. <laughs> and I had this huge bush and I live out in the country. So I knew where I was gonna put it up against my machine shed. I had this huge bush that was made out of wood with these gorgeous flowers on it. And Lee came and told us we all had to return those because they had gone way over budget with the flowers for Secret Garden and Muni was expecting to have those back. So you all, you asked Lee, we were all taking parts of the set. Nobody, nobody wanted to leave and nobody wanted to leave that piece. So that, that's a really a fond memory. Also part of that show, I. You know, I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure of working with Lee, but she, she just creates, she creates, an, the way she creates an ensemble is, is amazing. And for that show, she took us to um, Monticello, to Allerton Park, and we rehearsed in Allerton Park. So that was our secret garden. And when we filmed, we did the library scenes. We went into the, they get granted us permission to go into the library. And then we picnicked out there and it was just, um, that was a that was just a gorgeous experience. That's one of my favorite memories. The other one's kind of silly, but when I go way back in my time period, there used to be a guy named Dietz and Dietz ran the concession that was backstage. And so everybody just referred to them as Dietz dogs, the hot, the hot dogs. And we would get there early. I mean, we'd get there like before the directors were even there. There was this little group of us and Russ Dunlap was part of it and Randy Dunham. And there was just this whole group in that time period that we would get out there early just to eat just to go get a Dietz dog and sit there and, you know, have lemonade and that, that was, that was good camaraderie. That was an, those, that was very enjoyable. It's part of my, the favorite part of my years at Muni were those backstage moments. 
Yeah. And I'm sure I have so many more, but I just can't think of them at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So are there any things that come to mind from sitting out in the audience, shows you weren't involved with, but like those moments? Like something like, I know you were in it, but something like that, those secret garden moments. Oh. Like, you know, like, I, the, like the, with the Dave Shaw, with the faces and the set and everything and Lily's eyes, like a moment like that, what that must have felt like for the audience watching that, something like that from a show you weren't involved with. Oh my goodness. There've been, there've been lots of shows that, you know, you've been out there and you're just, you're watching that and you're, you're looking at the performance. One of the shows was the producers when I, when Gary and Doug did the producers, that was one of those shows where you sat out in the audience and it it was such an amazing experience and the creativity of the sets and the costumes and the props and the actors and, the way they had put that whole piece together. That was, that was a really, that was a very, as a, that was one of those experiences where you were like, gosh, I wish I were in that show. That just everything about it was so fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else that comes to mind or I know we've had a lot of those just enraptured moments on the Muni stage. It's it's been a rare moment when I didn't go when I it's been a rare moment at Muni when I didn't feel that way. I'm always amazed and impressed with the talent and oh, ragtime. Oh, my ragtime blew me away. Every single thing about ragtime blew me away. And I think that was one of Steve Kaplan's first shows he had directed out there. And it was just, and I'd known Steve since I was in high, I was in high school and he was in, in college at SCI. I was at Ursland. So we were right there and he would, he did some directing things at my high school. So I'd known him, you know, since the early seventies. And to see that show, um, it was, when Steve didn't direct it, he was in it. He was the lead. Yeah. He was the lead. And it was, it was everything about that show. It was so moving and so emotional. And every single person on that stage was top-notch talent. When Tony Young sang, and then they killed him right after he's singing about, you know, his wife and his car, he's got his car and all that. I mean, it was, it was a, that was a gorgeous moment. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. That whole show was just, took you through a, a whole bunch of emotions. Yes. Yes, it did. Yeah, and, and yep. that segues right into the next question, which I have is that we often use the phrase Muni magic at Muni, and some people equate it to the special effects because at Muni, because it's outside in the huge stage, we do it big. And so mm-hmm. your hand flying into the nursery or the beast transforming into the prince Oh, that was beautiful. That stuff like that, or just not necessarily a fantasy show, but being caught up in moments like Ragtime or Les Mis or Miss Saigon on a hot summer night, just being caught up into one of those powerful shows. What does um, Uni Magic mean to you? Well, honestly, when I first looked at that question, 
I, Muni Magic to me is any show that Lee Steiner and Dave Shaw do. To me, that is Muni Magic. But you know, in listening to you phrasing the question, I remember my very the very first summer being out there, and they were doing 1776 because you know it was 1976 was the bicentennial, and Alan Alda was playing. Um, not not Alan Alda, Robert Alda was playing. John, John Adams. And so he's singing the song um, and he gets to the, he gets to the lyrics, you know, near the end of the show and he sings, I hear, see fireworks, boom, boom, boom. And the fireworks on Lake Springfield are going off. The timing of those fireworks going off with his song was, uh, that was like, you couldn't have planned that any better. You couldn't have planned it and had it have happened like that. That was, that was Muni Magic. And, you know, anytime when you get to that point in the show where you get to getting to twilight and it seems this, the, the environment seems to become a part of the set, that's, that's, that is a, a magic moment. Yeah. yeah. And then the next question I have is about that phrase that we use a lot, Muni family, um, which <laughs> is supposed to be the theme for our 2019 season, but which didn't happen, and then 2020 didn't happen. But um, a lot of people equate that with it's a family affair. You often have families doing a show together, and if they're not on stage, they're backstage, front of house, um, assisting with the whole process in some way, shape, or form. Or a lot of other people, it's just a family affair. What does Muni Family mean to you? The Muni family to me is, um, it's a lifetime of friends and it's a lifetime of memories that you have made with those people, but it's also a lot of love and support. When I was in 42nd Street, and that was Alicia, when I was in 42nd Street, my middle son at the age of 22 months contracted meningitis and I was at rehearsal and I, I got a phone call and that my son was in the ICU and I needed to go to the hospital. And so when we found out what was going on, I, you know, there was no question I needed to be with my son and I had another a little boy who was uh, four at the time. And so I told Lee that I was going to have to drop out of the show. And I haven't said this out loud in like, you know, a long time, I, but that's not Lee. And there was, they wanted me to remain a part of the show. Um, and Barb Peterson was another member of the cast. Barb would come to the hospital and teach me the dances. Uh, the nurses would get a kick out of us out in the hallway doing tap dancing, but she taught me the dances. So she would come to the hospital. It was an excellent distraction and made sure I knew all of the dances. And uh, Steve Jones probably hated that because that meant he still had to be in the dances because he was my dance partner and Steve does not like to dance. But that kind of love and support, that's that's family. And I'm um, another 
very emotional show for me is when we were doing Into the Woods and my father died in the that show. And once again, you know, it's a Lee show. And we get to the song where Red Riding Hood is um, talking to Jack and gets to the lyrics about uh, sometimes people leave you halfway through the woods. And, you know, I started crying. Doug started crying because it was reminding him of, of loss in his family. So it just kind of became this emotional moment of where the lyrics of a show and parts of a show become entwined in your own life. And that's what theater is. It's, that's theater, how it touches your own life. Yeah, theater is magic. And that family aspect is a huge part of Muni. And yes. that's that kind of, and you've, you've talked about several of these people already, but one of the questions I've been asking people is who are some of the special people that you've worked with at Muni? Some people just like to speak in general terms because they're always afraid they'll forget somebody. Yeah. Others just others just like to focus on those that have left us. Um, but however you want to tackle that, just go right ahead. Well, I've already mentioned... Um, I've already mentioned several people that have, have been very special to me, but, you know, I have to, when I looked at that question, I had to go back. I, I went back in my mind to when I first started in, you know, in the mid seventies. And I feel like I was so blessed to have gotten to work with and get to know um, and, and do shows with the people that in my opinion are responsible for Muni Opera being where it is. I'm, you know, I mentioned Mick Cass Stevens, um, Don Bailey, uh, Maggie Boswell, Betty Ward, Jane Presney. I, you know, those, the names of those people, I, you know, they were, oh my God, Rose Perlmutter. I don't know if anyone's talked about Rose, but Rose was a stage manager and she just, her whole thing was, we got to move that show and she'd be back there snapping her fingers, um, you know, the importance of pacing. To, to you know have an opportunity to have worked with those those people um, Tom and Adeline Shrewsbury Marge um, Marge Birchold I mean when I met her she was Marge Hahn so you know Doug Hahn to go back to name when in working in those shows I just I feel just very fortunate um, to have been up to just you know to have been a part of that era to hang out in Link Springfield Tavern and Booker's at the age of you know 18, 19, and 20 years old, and to listen to the stories of these people that had given so much of themselves. Yeah. I'm not going to mention any of the wonderful actors, except I will mention Georgia Dirksen. Okay. That was like a dream, that was a dream come true to get to do gypsy and be on stage with Georgia Dirksen. Yeah. That, that was. Yeah. That was a thrill. Well, because Georgia, of course, is still with us, but she's um, battling um, dementia. And so, right. so do you, tell me about working with Georgia, because unfortunately we can't interview her for this project. So I'm getting people who work well, with her there. I'm going to tell you that probably, I mean, that was, I remember, well, you know, my memories of Georgia were just being, first of all, she was so, so supportive and complimentary mm -hmm. to people. And it did not matter what your role was. 
I recall her coming up to me after a show and I was just in the chorus and she came up to me afterwards and said, I love when you're on stage. I love to watch you on stage. I mean, who says that to a, somebody in the chorus? That's that was Georgia. That's how how supportive and wonderfully kind she was. Um, and then to work with her in, in, you know, in Gypsy, her humor, she was so funny. And she, you know, she'd have the, the, her little girls with her and, you know, got to watch them grow up. And her husband, George, always extremely, uh, you know, there was George supporting Georgia with everything she did. I really, I, you know, I'll tell you, there are so many people who can tell you good stories about her. And probably like Cinda Reitzman could tell you tons okay. of stories about her. Um, but, it, and, you know, Cinda, you know, what a wonderful talent and friend she has been. But all I can say is Georgia was so supportive. I mean, so talented. There wasn't anything Georgia couldn't play. And it didn't matter how old she was. She could, she was still playing that ingenue for a long time. She just had that quality about her that she could, she could do any role. Yeah. Yeah. So then another person that Muni just recently lost about a year ago was Gene Rubley. And he was Muni's biggest cheerleader as well as Muni's biggest curmudgeon <laughs> um and um do you have any memorable uncle gene stories everybody used to call him that i just i just remember when you'd ask gene how he was doing and he said it, i know i would always ask him um gene how old are you and he would always say well i'm older than dirt um or older than god it was one of the two and, and really you know i knew gene for such a long time but Gene, he would come, you know, as you said, you know, he, he tried to come across as a scrimmudgeon, but he was just such a kind soul. And he, oh, he was so funny. He, Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So anyway, now we're going to have some fun. And okay. this is the fun question. Um, so one of the phrases that we use a lot in the theater world is the show must go on. And for this, I'm phrasing it as things that just totally go wrong. So mishaps, I mean, choreography, screw ups, um, flub lines, sets fall down or apart, which we never want to happen, but it's happened. Um, tripping on stage, anything come to mind? Well, I have, I have a couple of them that do. Um, probably for me personally, the most infamous would be when I was Lola in Damn Yankees. Um, I've been singing this song, Whatever Lola Wants, and it's a strip number. So you know, I'm slowly taking off particles of my clothing. And I, um, I have to pull my skirt off. Sis Dawson had made this phenomenal costume and this tulle skirt with this leotard, strapless leotard on. And so I, so I'm slithering to, to bring the skirt down, trying to, you know, to seduce this young Joe. And I, my arms go out in this dance movement and I look down and my left breast is out. And it's Wednesday family night. And Jay Edgecombe could see it in the lights. 
<laughs> and I just remember I did, um, I added a, a, p a pivot to Gary's choreography. It turned around and pulled my costume up and turned back around and continued right on with the dance. So that is, um, you know, that was my costume, mal my costume malfunction. Um, but it was, it was rather embarrassing. And I really didn't think, I didn't really, you know, I didn't know who might have seen it. But when Jay asked me at intermission, if what he thought he saw, was that what he had seen? And it was like, yes. And um, yeah, so that that's, that's, that's number one. Number two would be in pajama game. And uh, Tony Miller and I, I can't remember, honestly, we were May and Mabel, and I don't remember who was who. We were the sidekicks for the lead, uh, which was Mary Von Liske. And we are in a scene and we're sitting in the, the little kitchen area, which was on one of the side stages. And Tony sat down in the chair and it just broke <laughs> underneath of it. And so she, she stood up and we were going on with the lines and I just picked up the pieces of the chair and stuck them under the table. And, you know, we just kept going with the scene. <laughs> and then, then the last one is I was Petra in a little night music, the first time Muni did a little night music. And I'm, I'm trying to think who it was that Maggie directed that. I think it might've been Maggie Boswell directed that. So I, uh, and um, it rained almost the entire show. It rained. Well, my big number, the Miller's son, followed Send in the Clowns. And the, the leading up to, the, to my song, I've just had a little tryst. And so the lights go down on my side of the stage and they come up on the wardrobe um, area, the dressing room. And I can't, I cannot for the life of me, I wanted to say her name was Laura, but I don't think that's right. For the life of me, I cannot remember who sang Send in the Clowns. But by God, they were not going to call that show till Send in the Clowns was done. So I would have to lie there in the rain with, you know, it's humid. You've got bugs crawling all over you. And I knew I was not going to get to sing my song. I knew those lights were going to be called the moment she was done singing Send in the Clowns. And I bet I only sang it twice. I'm not kidding. I bet I only got to sing my song twice. So, you know, that's that's life at outdoor theater. Yep, outdoor theater. There's nothing like it. <laughs> no. Nope, we've tap danced in rain. You know, we've fallen on our butts. Uh, you know, that's everybody, everybody who's done Muni, that's part of the initiation, right? It's kind of like eating a bug. You know, getting a June bug, that's part of that initiation, right? Yeah. So the next question I have is, since you are a drama teacher for high school kids, and um, I'm going to ask you, what advice would you give to someone wanting to become involved with Muni? Or even can be just community theater in general, but since this is a Muni podcast, specifically Muni. Well, I should start off by telling you, I did retire from doing that after 40 years. Oh. So I do now get to go home at the end of the school day for the, you know, so, but, but having done that for a lot of years, um, my advice is to do it. I, if you love, you know, I always tell my students that 
you will always have theater. You can always have singing, music, theater as a part of your life. And it doesn't have to end when high school's over. It doesn't have to end when college is over. To be a part, I, consider, I just consider myself extremely blessed to have been a part of the Muni family um, and the other, the other theaters in the Springfield area, New Salem included. So, you know, I just tell them to go for it. Just try out, let it always be a part of your life. That's my, that's my number one. And then number two is, you know, get your song, let's work on it. You know, let's, let's practice. Let's, let's get, get what we can and, and be ready for it. Yeah. So then the last question I have is the deep one, but important nonetheless, is what makes Muni special? You, Jacob, I'm going to tell you, you can think and think and think about that question to try to come up with an answer beforehand, but it's, um, it's a very difficult question. Mm-hmm. I think everything about Muni Opera is special, um, and it's the people. I think it, it begins and it ends with the people. I have always felt like Muni is a family when we went back to that. Um, the people that they welcome you. They find a place for you. Doesn't matter. You know, don't get cast and work backstage. We'll, we'll find a job for you and you become a part of that family. But I also think it's what makes Muni so special still after all these years is to know the, 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 those people up on that stage have been rehearsing for three months. I mean, I, I did a couple of shows where we were in rehearsal for four months because of the complexity of the choreography primarily I that those people have been working together for three or four months to create something special and the amount of talent in Springfield and the Springfield area it's phenomenal it's it's unbelievable the amount of talent and that's that goes across the board whether it is you know, you look at those the ensemble and, and, and I go back to that. I always think about Georgia and her kindness. When I go to a show, I, I try, I focus on, I try to focus on every member of the ensemble at some, at some point in the show to be able to look at them and know that every single person up there has, has given so much of their, their time and their talents and their heart and their soul to make that show a success for the enjoyment of the audience. And that's live theater. You can't beat it. Can't beat it. Yeah. There's, as I said, there's nothing like live theater and especially outdoor theater. Well, thank you. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it um, immensely. And when I, um, you know, I, when I quit doing Muni in in like the late eighties and I continued in the nineties doing some stuff with Lee that where she would do like, we're going to rehearse and we're putting on a show in three weeks, you know, those kind of condensed things. Um, but, you know, I started, I had kids, I was directing and um, I look forward to now at that next stage of my life to getting, moving back to Springfield and getting back involved yeah. in some way, shape or form. I'll sell popcorn, I'll sell tickets, but just to have an opportunity to be a part of that, that Muni feeling, that Muni family again is something I look forward to. Well, yes, we would love to have you back. And thank you so much for sharing your Muni story with us. You are so welcome. Thank you for including me.
Well, we are honored to have your story and you have a good rest of your night. Thank you. You too. Good luck. Thank you for listening to the Muni Oral History Project. This is an ongoing effort to capture the memories and stories of the Springfield Municipal Opera. If you have pictures, videos, or stories you'd like to contribute to this effort, please email history at themuni.org. Your hosts have been Jacob Potty and Craig McFarland. Production assistance by Vanessa Ferguson and Jeremy Geckner. Special thank you to the Muni Board of Managers and the Muni Board of Trustees for their support in this effort. And thank you to all the Muni family who continue to help us create magic every summer. <laughs>